Have you ever looked at a 50-year-old guy driving a sports car and just thought to yourself, that's not going to be me? It just doesn't fit. You know, when it doesn't fit, I'm talking about, and you can just see that something's off. And you just think, midlife crisis, you just think, that's never going to be me. Well, I know it's going to be me. Right? Um, crazy, right? Well, welcome back, okay, to the With Joey B podcast. And I'm obviously Joe Weeby, in case you hadn't figured that out. Last time, I think I alienated every single girl on the planet who's dreamed of her wedding day. Today, I'm going to bring forward my midlife crisis. And you're going to watch it or listen to it live. Happening in the now. Let's do it. Let's think about that middle-aged guy, you know, receding hairline, bit pudgy, he's let himself go, he's had a bit of fun and he's gone out and he's indulged in a sports car and he's just in the middle of a walking stereotype and you're looking at it and it's cheesy and you think it's not going to be me. In the, I've talked about this book a couple of times, we literally did an episode on the happiness curve, it's called The Happiness Curve, Why Life Gets Better After Midlife by Jonathan Roche and uh, underappreciated book and there's really, there's really good commentary on how we've stigmatized the idea of a midlife crisis when really it's probably a very natural and ultimately healthy uh, experience and if you've been following this podcast as I recommend you do through the episodes not just uh, listening to them one by one but going from the start. And if you've been uh, basically understanding the expectations gap and how we have, we probably have this huge optimism bias in youth that leads us to be very aspirational, but then ultimately frustrated because we walk around in life with high expectations. We understand that what probably changes in midlife is a shift from aspiration to appreciation. From focusing on what we don't have, like how much, how unfulfilled we are in our careers or how we're not having any luck in business or wanting our relationships to be better or wanting our kids to be better or wanting a better house or whatever it is. And we kind of come to this awareness of the nature of our lives and we're probably not going to reach a lot of these aspirations and we sort of pair it back and start focusing on appreciation. It's kind of this impact of time on happiness that tends to be found consistently across cultures it's fascinating and basically this is why i want to accelerate my midlife crisis when i read the book when i read that book and i'd you know been doing stuff in nepal and learning about nepalese culture i remember just thinking Huh. All right. If life gets better after midlife, I'm just going to accelerate midlife. Done. I decided I'm going to start appreciating what I do have instead of aspiring for what I don't have. I'm going to move away from a circular life and start grabbing the things I want directly. We can talk about another book. We can talk about 
uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, who's definitely someone I've looked up to a lot over the years. And that's the book that kind of put him on the scene, so to speak. But I remember this being a very pivotal book for me because it really gave me permission to think about business differently. Business was not just delayed gratification, putting off living for the future and using a business to get there, even though it sucked while you did it. But it gave permission to think about, well, basically shitting on the concept of retirement, which doesn't make much sense at all. And not delay living till we're old and our bodies are more worn down and we've spent years doing bullshit, but actually living retirement now and integrating it into daily life. And it just gave me permission to think that that was possible now. That you could enjoy life and be productive and sustainable about living whilst enjoying it to a large degree and seeking excitement, making it an adventure. And I was, yeah, it was a beautiful insight as a young, for a young guy to have married with these other experiences. I think shaped a healthier uh, mindset and approach to living for me. So I'm really grateful for that. But I read in one of the first episodes on this podcast on the minimum viable lifestyle, I read the story that is put in the Pareto principle book, uh, the 80-20 principle, sorry, and the four-hour work week, the Mexican fisherman and the investment banker. So that I think is episode number three, zero, zero, three, the minimum viable lifestyle part three. And the whole point of that story is this investment banker telling this Mexican, Mexican fisher, fisherman to scale his business so he can be really wealthy, so he can basically just come back and do the same thing he's doing when he meets him, just with more money, but without a material or substantial change to his life. Now, I think that story overlooks that money, we, we, we chase, we're more driven by status and image than money, I think, when we make these counterintuitive decisions to pursue the wrong returns and delay gratification. Um, but the point of the message is still very, that, that story is still very poignant, which is not to live, live life with circular logic, not to run round and round, run round and round in circles um, for basic versions of things, for, for elaborate versions of basic things we can have now. So when I think about that, I think about what are the things I enjoy doing what are things I want to spend most time on? What are the projects that can still make life viable, but they're actually fun and exciting to do? Or if not, I appreciate the value they're creating. And how do I, you know, how do, how's it all negotiated? How do I negotiate time for friends, for relationships, for walking Astro the dog, to again refer to earlier episodes, and exercise and take breaks? And how can I kind of juggle that all in a, on a week-to-week -week basis, basically, or a month-to-month -month basis. And so it's this concept, for me, of accelerating midlife crisis to appreciating what I have now because nothing else really makes much more sense. I thought, I'm not going to be the guy in the Ferrari when he's 50. I'm going to be a kid forever now who just enjoys playing and figures that as long as I get to play, things can't be that bad. And whatever, you know, when I think about that, I think about how 
this stereotypical kind of image of that poor poor kid overseas. You know, when I'm even in Nepal, where I went a couple of times for our work, you know, kicking a kicking playing soccer barefoot with an old ball without proper goals. But whoever we are, wherever we are, wherever we are in the world, there's little kids who find a way to play soccer, to play football, no matter how little they have. Can always focus on having a better stadium, a bigger audience, grass instead of rocks, proper goals instead of bamboo posts. But at the end of the day, even if it's a less glamorous version, football is football. If you can spend all your time looking around, waiting for things and just expecting them to get better. Or you can wake up with midlife crisis today and figure that you might as well just get to with what you got and just appreciate that. Almost seems too simple, doesn't it? Anyway, that's all I've got for you guys today. Accelerating midlife crisis. That's it. And for more on the blog, sorry, there is a blog piece specifically on called Accelerating Midlife Crisis. I've got it in front of me here at www.withjoeweeby.com. And you can go forward slash blog to get the blog, forward slash podcast to get more podcast episodes. And apart from that, just remember that if this piece will open a door for someone you know, to remember to share it with them. So after all, the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. Thank you. This has been the With Joe Eby podcast, and I'll see you again tomorrow.